Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mickey Hart here. You're listening to GAR Football Show. The GAR with Colin Parkinson is brought to you by Paddy Power, home of the Money Back Special. I'm not finished yet, it took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened, they've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a f***ing shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f***ing asses for f***ing years. <laughs> Welcome to the GAR live in Rossiland. <laughs> I heard you were a little bit passionate, all right, up around here, but I had to see it to believe it. So we've two great panels on tonight. We've got we're going to talk a little bit about the rivalry between Galloway and Roscommon. And I'm sorry now we're in Rossiland, but I'm not sure there was much of a rivalry because Galloway didn't take you too seriously, according to Chad, <laughs> according to Chad Fallon. <laughs> But no, no, I did a bit of research, and it's true, there's not a huge rivalry between Galloway and Roscommon. You're just both united in your hatred of Mayo, is that right? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we have two great panels for you, right? The first two on panel one are these two lovebirds. You know what? You know, you know all about them. Frankie resisted at first and then kind of got into it a little bit. <laughs> and joined with them as Galway legend, we all know him, he retired at 32, probably a little bit too soon, is Jaff Fallon. Now, Jaff Fallon, most... Ah, you can give him a round of applause. Most... Most players, when they finish up playing, you know, they don't really know what to do with themselves. Retirement is tricky. Um, You play a bit of five-a-side. You might go down to junior, play a bit of intermediate, whatever it is. Not Ja Fallon. Ja got into a bit of bare-knuckle boxing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and on panel two, we have Sean Armstrong and Shawnee McDermott, two, two fellas who know each other very well, so we'll get to the bottom of that little rivalry there. And we have a late sub in for Tomas O'Shea. So we said, listen, there's enough O'Shea's. We'll pick the O'Shea that won player of the year, the only one. So we have Mark O'Shea instead of Tomas. Okay. All right. 
before we before we get going, a lot of the analysis around uh, Gaelic football is around goalkeepers now. Stephen Cluxton changed the game. Now we have goalkeepers kicking scores from play. We have them taking one twos from kickouts. We have Graham Brody running up the field. They're athletes. They're not just in the goals doing <laughs> feck all like back in my day. They're actually fit athletes like the rest of the team. But obviously, it wasn't always like that. <laughs> Give it up for our first panel, Kay Curran, Jeff Allen, and Frankie Dolan. Kay, Frankie tells me you were walking around after that match, not a bother on you, your calf miraculously, miraculously healed. Uh, funny enough, our physio, Pat Regan, is down there, and, 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 and I, owe, <laughs> I owe him a, de a depth of gratitude. I still have the legs on, but yeah, the house did come tumbling down. <laughs> <laughs> come here, I want to talk to you about the rivalry, lads, because well, Jay, you're from Toome. So, like, I mean, you're close enough to Roscommon for there to be a rivalry, and it's, it's hard to get to the bottom of this rivalry. I do believe you both hate Mayo more than you hate each other. I do think that, like, maybe from 2001 to 2003, you played each other four times in the championship. Like, was it getting a little bit of a rivalry building then, Ja? Uh, going back to the early years that I played, it was mainly Mayo, but I suppose looking back, and it's a long time now, it's 20 years, from 98 to 2002, we did play an awful lot. In fairness, and the Rossies every time put it up to us. And to be honest, you know, probably was the stepping stone for us in 98 to what we achieved, because there's no doubt we found out where we are as a team in the ball is on because we had an awful lot of young lads at the time. I think we had six debutants in 98 and they just blossomed from that experience because our backs were to the wall and it was a bit of luck with a uh, fortuitous goal in extra time that was the difference between the two teams. Yeah, no, it, it definitely was in 98. You weren't around there, Frankie. I think you were just blossoming. You were a yeah. young minor at that stage. So, like, I mean, 0-1 was the big one where you shot the world. Remember that game on, on television, Shamey O'Neill in midfield, cleaning up. Mm. You got one two yourself, didn't do too bad, but you, you, nobody expected you to win that one. No, and I, I remember that day, um, there was such a small common crowd down there that no one gave us a hope. You know, I remember Toby in the, on the television and the 6-1 News the night before, he was saying we'd be lucky to have 15 players togged out that day. Now, whether that got into the psyche of the Galway players, but it was brilliant, you know what I mean? And we went down, there was no pressure on, and we had a game plan, just get the ball into myself, Nigel and Junior, and it says we look after the rest, you know, and that... And it was a brilliant victory, you know, and Galway had such a brilliant team at the time, brilliant individual players. And I suppose one player we sort of signalled out just before the game was Michael Donlan. We said, lads, Michael Donlan gets the ball, you just got to hit him. Just foul him, belt him, do whatever you want, you know, and thankfully it worked. But a couple of months after, it didn't work in the, in the quarter final on Castle Bar. Yeah, you got shafted by drawing them again later on yeah. that year. But John Tobin is the right one, Cake. Like, I mean, he had an inside bit of knowledge. So he was filling you in right on Jaff Allen, his strengths, weaknesses, love for a bit of bare knuckle boxing, stuff like that. Yeah, we, we had the Ballet Ford and Express too at the time. I think it was uh, um, Francie Graham. And I, I think Francie and, and Jad locked swords a couple of times and, and, and Porrick. And... Uh, I think Toby, I mean, my abiding memory of it at the time was Toby kind of knew the weakness. I think Park Lally started in goal, I think it was his first game ever. And like as a goalkeeper coming to a Connacht semi-final, he just wanted to lorry ball in on top of the full-back line, test the goalkeeper. And 
big Nigel and then Frankie feeding off him, and it was a great win down there. And obviously, we went on to to beat Mayo then in the uh, in the Connacht final. Um, but the catalyst for it was was winning over in Tune because it gave gave everybody a, a great boost of confidence, you know. And Toby was happy as well as it was going around with the greyhounds on him under around Tune and Jeff following him. <laughs> and happy look to bet on a few horses or whatever it was. So look, yeah, it's great. But um, yeah, going back to the rivalry, I think. I don't know what it is for most Roscommon people, but it would be mostly Mayo as opposed to Galway, you know. So winning down in Castle Bar a couple of weeks ago was a, was a huge, huge... That was like an all-earned title, like, ah, not in a bad way, in a no, good way. No, in a great way, in a great way, and it was a great victory for the lads. And, and, and uh, I think the last time we've won a Connacht title, really, that you could say, you know, you beat Mayo and Galway, is, was 2001. So um, we have that opportunity in Salt Hill on Sunday, and... You know, hopefully the lads can take up the baton and do that. Yeah, the, the lads mentioned Francie, mentioned Francie Grehan, Jeff. So you used to be boxed off on him, like to get forward a bit. Um, what's your memories of Mark and Francie? Now, he was man of the match in the first game in 2001, if I have to remind you. I must say, in fairness to Francie, he was probably the most cleverest fellow I ever marked <laughs> because he'd poked lumps over you. And if you laid one finger on me, he was rolling around holding his head. <laughs> <laughs> so, he was before his time. Yeah, yeah, before his time. John Dively is on record for saying, I experienced concussion three times throughout my sporting days, twice playing against Ross Common in the Connacht Championship. The reason, the Rossies knew how to hurt you, quietly and decisively. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just John acknowledging he's stupid, you know. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, we never read because Divo, Divo was from Danamadi there and uh, Kilkerran, like, you know, and he'd be playing soccer against a lot of the lads as well, you know, so the new woman, Francie knew his weaknesses as well and I think Jay probably, you know, Divo was, was a different sort of a fella, wasn't he? He was kind of tight. And wasn't really a marker, was he? Wasn't really a marker. Right? He was actually out before <laughs> no, his time, you know, because he, he was a wing back that never marked, you know. Yeah. But uh, he was a good player, to be fair to him. <laughs> so he's not here to defend himself. <laughs> no, he's he was, he's a great nice. man to deliver a long ball into the forwards though, Jack, in his shoe. Yeah, good player. So it was was the was the whole game plan around going out and bursting Galway like John Dively thinks it was, or was there a bit more sophisticated? <laughs> that front? I don't think so, Wooly. Um, like as, as the last said, it wasn't really a, a rivalry a rivalry there, but we we were confident going in. We had a, we had a full deck to pick from, and we had a, I suppose a young Shamie O'Neill that no that Galway boys probably never heard about, and he was going in midfield. I think it was his debut, and he had Fergal O'Donnell with him, so he had. A, Really good player with him as well, and just shame he just set the world like that year. You remember he caught a ball behind his head, yeah. one-handed catch. It was it was incredible, and like we had a game plan, we knew what we were about. Listen, we got lucky at times. Galway could have got a couple of goals, in was it was it in the first half they got a couple of breaks, and it's a good job uh, Derek Thompson was in goal, goal that day, you know. <laughs> 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 but. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's probably a good job you got sent off in the, yeah. the New York. What, what was this, Kick? You got sent. My a little birdie told me, Frankie, that you got sent off. <laughs> Frankie <laughs> sent the birdie. <laughs> no, a little birdie did tell me you got sent off against New York. What was that for? I can't really remember rightly. You know, there's one of those left hooks that was hit on the right hand side of the, and we got a point on the side, and the referee comes back and he sends me off. But uh, yeah, and, and look, to be fair, Derek took his play, took took his chance, and got in and. Uh, Played very well, to be fair, for, for the season. And, and look, we won, won the kind of championship. It was great. But that uh, must have been on a personal level. Because obviously back then, it's not like it was a squad game. If you're not on the... It was all about being on the certain 15 back then. Well, for goalkeepers, it's all about being it's on the all, certain 15. It still 15, is, yeah. yeah still, with their, you yeah. know, no matter who it is. Yeah, it was. And look at it. But you're, you're batting down the hatches and you just you keep going with the team. And, and um, 
you know, try and keep everyone pushed on and uh, look at what that's how we did. And Fergal was captain, I think, as well that year. He was he was very good as well. Done very good with Shamey, very good with the young fellas and, and uh, brought them on. And Toby, to be fair, you know, he, he kind of he was tactically very good as well because he could identify weaknesses in teams, particularly in Connacht, you know, that you know he knew that he knew the insides and he knew the outsides and, and he gave he gave the players great confidence as well you know so I'm, i think you know that that's the difference in having a, have a good manager and he was a good he was a great he was a great, actually maybe management maybe not the best but certainly he was a great coach brilliant coach and, right. and a very good tactician yeah so what were the weaknesses he was pointing out about Galway cake mentioned the the new goalkeeper there wasn't too many weaknesses on it frankie on the Galway team yeah um well, she's the full back line you had gary Richie Fahey, you had Tomas Mannion. Um, out front, I don't know, you had Divo, Decky Meehan, Sean up was Sean. Kieran Fitzgerald would have been the corner. You know, Kieran Fitzgerald was retired. Geez, he I don't know, there's not too many weaknesses in that, full, in, in yeah. that back line, you know. But I think he in particularly went after Park Lally. I think he just he said, look, let the ball in high, you know. And I think Nigel got a goal very early as well. And that kind of, you know, when somebody gives you a message and the message then resonates and then the something happens and you come from a training pitch to a performance and then it happens. It's, yeah, just, he was right. It just gives everybody confidence, yeah. you know. and Nigel and Frankie were, were, were outstanding on the day as well with Junior and, and um, I think Conor Kennelly had a great game as well yeah. wing, foot wing back um, but yeah and, and like the rivalry though I think yeah, back into 98 you know we you were lucky really to beat us in Chum. oh we were was it, or to draw in Chum. Uh, yeah. you paid the referee your man prior from the <laughs> 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 Conor Con 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 he hated us common absolutely passion for some reason and he gave yeah, you give him a few quid, right? Yeah. What do you call it? Kick the, the, the equaliser. Finnegan. Finnegan's nice. kicked the equaliser, and you know we, we obviously you know we, we, we didn't win the replay, but um, God, we went on to win all Ireland. It's actually like if the, if he beat Roscommon, he nearly winning all Ireland. In two thousand one as well, they're doing the same. It happened yeah. twice. So what, the first what, year of the back door, and and two thousand one was different for many reasons because it was the first year of the back door. Yeah. Had we won that game, we would actually have been playing. I think. Uh, if memory serves me correct, Tyrone. Tyrone won Ulster, yeah. Won Ulster in 2001. So that would have been an All-Ireland semi-final proper. You know, so you were playing a Northern team the Connacht teams hadn't lost to in over 25 years in semi-finals to get to an All-Ireland final. And there's always a hard luck story, isn't there? And <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the fact of it. So oh, what could have been? What were yeah. you thinking coming off the field, Jack? Because this is the first time you'd have lost and you're not actually out of the championship. So there's a big pitch invasion. We know what the Rossies are like. So I'm sure there was a big pitch invasion. And, but you're thinking walking off the field, uh, we'll see these lads maybe again. Or are you just thinking we've lost? No, looking back, I know, to be honest, and it's, it just dawns on me. Because I remember at the time thinking when John Tobin was over Roscommon, First, the huge quality Toby brings, he instilled confidence and he gets guys who will do anything for him and they'll buy into it and he's an absolute huge motivator. You know, he had a huge success with uh, club level and he was, he was in Goa, he had the experience, he was over in Goa and I went in the early 90s. So you just knew that. And in fairness, on the day, I, it's amazing we differ. Frankie said there was a small Roscommon crowd. As far as I remember, the place was packed to the rafters, 35,000 in June. And in fairness, as you know, championship games are built on momentum and built on highs in the sense of, all I remember, Seamus O'Neill catches some great highs in the big lifts. Frankie got in for a cracking goal on Tomás Mannion. And that would dent our confidence. And we were chasing the game and they were on top. And they were growing in confidence. And in fairness, they came over with a massive win. Yeah. I don't, I, we were at a crossroads after that game. I remember having, going for a pint with Porrick Joyce afterwards. And Porrick could be a good bit younger than us. You know, you're 26, 27... 
Sorry, 29, Jesus, <laughs> at the time. But it says, is it all over here? You know what I mean? But we were lucky and we didn't. In the old system, you were gone. Yeah. And you said, lads, we have a game to shake ourselves. Very sore, very sore. But lucky enough, we got a chance to rebound and we just gained momentum. And probably for a lot of things, the team, team was twigged as we went. And we found our strongest team. Right. Sometimes you don't get that in championship. You know, it's slow to take off. Yeah. And lucky enough, we got the opportunity when we drew the, uh, the Rossies in the quarterfinal. That's all our boys wanted. <laughs> and you can see it had t it, it, there was a total opposite. They were coming into tune to fucking, you know, they were underdogs. To and Castle Bar, yeah, will never be the same. Going to six was a huge, huge difference. He was, yeah. he was brilliant at six. He was, yeah. went from the full back line out. Yeah, and Fitzy you know, came in. I don't know if Fitzy, 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 Fitzy yeah, came in. Yeah. He came in there and he was an all star after so. And Alan Keane came into goal as well. Yeah. And an all star And you got a bit of help with Francie in the replay. We have a picture of that. So we did a swarm to France. You, you're just standing on. The, you're standing in the background watching the three younger lads there tear into France. Shepherd them into the pit. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but that's it, Frankie. You must have been thinking when you drew Galway the second time in the quarterfinal. Oh, for fuck's sake! Because like, I mean, they were brilliant, and you're like, you're not going to beat a team like that twice in a row. Let's be honest. Now, from a common point of view, it was the worst, worst thing that could happen. You know, you're coming from such a high. You're looking forward to getting to Crow Park. You weren't in Crow Park in 10 years plus. Next thing, fucking whoever was over the, the Connacht thing, you're down mm. to Castle Bar, you're playing golf. We're like, oh, Jesus Christ, am I? this is not good. You know, it's not good. We wanted to go to Crow Park. We wanted a game out there, out there. And, and you didn't want Galway, pretty and much. Like, well, listen, the, the celebrations after the kind of final probably didn't help either, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Tell, telling them they were useless going off. They were famous for celebrations, in fairness. Here, here's another John Divoli quote. So I should have got John Divoli here tonight. <laughs> so he says, when Roscommon won, their supporters could and would devour you. It probably felt like winning an All-Ireland title to them. Outlandish comments and gestures often occurred. After, the, after defeating us in the 2001 Connacht Championship, they were rumoured to have burned a Galway jersey outside a public house the following afternoon. Can we confirm or deny this one? No, deny it, deny, <laughs> deny, 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 deny. This didn't happen. It's uh, Tommy Varden's jersey. You've all got very quiet out there, by the way. <laughs> we're denying this cake. No, I think everyone stopped in the right gap for a mighty, 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 mighty drink there in, in Baron of Jarrod <laughs> at the time on the way back, and then in Montpellier. Which I think uh, Joe Bergen's mum and dad owned at the time. So, uh, no, I don't think that. Brothers, come people are like that. But, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, we're going to move on from that. So, obviously, we know Galway won that, won that replay. Um, and that was it. So, then you played again, each other again in 2002. You played each other in 2003 as well, Jav, which was your last game against Roscommon. But the 02 game was overshadowed by a certain incident in a hotel in Derry, which we're going to... <laughs> 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 which we're going to talk a little bit about. So, Frankie, you have the floor now. We have to get to the bottom of this. Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I have, to, I have to be honest. When I saw this on the paper at the time, I went, holy shit, were they playing pool with their flutes or what were they doing? <laughs> so well, well, one individual could have. <laughs> <laughs> Self-praise is no praise for <laughs> He got the Sam McGuire, I got the Nestle combo. <laughs> so what happened? Give us the background to this night. Um, right. I suppose a long story short, no one's ever asked me this really, but bar one report before a game I walked out with interview, so <laughs> you have some balls on you, some balls on you. I give you that. I eased you into it well, right? <laughs> 
at the end of the day, it was harmless to us, but long story short, I suppose, um, went up to play Donegal a couple of weeks before we played Galway down in Salt Hill, I think. It was a Salt Hill or in High Park in the Championship, and uh, so it was, I think it was three weeks out, so Toby was over, so we went up anyways, and um, we're showered after, and we're sitting down for the chat, you know, the normal chat after a game, and Toby goes, lads, we're staying in Derry on the way home. We're like, Jesus Christ, why are we staying in Derry? Like, we're in our common gear, you know, we've no money, like... Euros, Sterling, whatever it was back yeah. then. It was 17 years ago. So we're like, right, okay. So we got to Derry anyways. And um, I think I think Nigel Deneen brought in the skinny jeans that night. Because <laughs> he was in his tracksuit bottoms. And Nigel says, lads, will someone give me a pair of jeans? I'm not going out in Derry. Derry is a real good city for the style and the whole lot, you know. And he came down, he came down to the bar that night. And the jeans were hanging off the bottom of his arse, you know. And... <laughs> I said, Nigel, you can't wear those jokes out. He goes, I'm wearing these jokes out. He says, these are really cool. They were David Casey's jeans, actually. <laughs> David Casey's probably 28 waist. Nigel's probably a 36. <laughs> but anyways, um, without that night, we had a great night and the whole lot went back, went back to the hotel. And um, it was like a private area. It was like a, there was a pool table there, obviously. And uh, we, were, <laughs> we were residents of the hotel. So, like, there was no one in the bar, bar the bar, man. And uh, so we went into the, the back room and we were playing away. There was, I won't say who was there. They got enough money out of it already. I mean, so I'm not going to give them any more mention. But um, so we, we had a bit of crack and we said, sure, lads, we'll, we'll play, we'll, we'll toss a coin. Whoever loses can take their clothes off and play the game of pool. You know, so needless to say, myself and Nigel lost the, lost the toss. But no one ever talked about we bet the two boys in the game of football. <laughs> that that win was shark. overshadowed, really. Yeah, by... It was overshadowed. Jerry Lohan was a shark of pool and still is. And Francie, you know how competitive he is. So you but took off it. your clothes, yourself and Nigel, and you played against two lads who had their clothes on. Hmm. Right. <laughs> this, this is just drunken crack, right? Seemed like, <laughs> seemed like a good idea at the time. So when did you know then after this? So you just went to bed, whatever, a few of you pissed in the bed or whatever happened. And... <laughs> that was probably cake. It was on the wine. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, we all went to bed, kicked, yeah. pissed in the bed, you know, whatever <laughs> happened. And then, when did you know that the shit was going to hit the fan? Oh, uh, before breakfast. Really? The next yeah. morning? Yeah, the next morning, yeah. Uh, the chairman at the time, he, he got word from, I was a lovely hotel we were in, in fairness, like, you know. If they, if, if they made a phone call to anybody up the north, they said, do not stay in that hotel, whatever you do. But anyway, so, the thing happened anyways, and they says it's going to the newspaper, and Whoever had the, the CCTV wanted to make, make a few pounds, you know? Yeah. And we were like, well, to be honest, I didn't really give a shit, to be honest, you know, because <laughs> I'm sort of thick skin enough, you know, so we got on with it anyways. And I'll never forget, um, about two weeks out before we played these boys in the hide, I was staying in a buddy uh, in a friend of mine's house, and he, he ran a petrol station, and there was a, you know, convenience store and the whole lot. And uh, we, we were staying in his house and he was having a cup of tea that morning. And he goes, that's not too bad, Frankie. I said, thank God. He says, it's only the first three pages of the National <laughs> I said, Jesus Christ, Charlie, you're not. I said, give me that paper. So I sat down anyway. And I was looking, oh, Jesus Christ, it's middle enough. And next thing I turned the paper, oh, another two pages. I was like, Jerry, you, you missed the last two pages. That's where the cops were brought in. So there was the first five pages of a Sunday paper was dedicated to this. Because I remember bad, going really. on very, very well at the time. Not bad. <laughs> Jerry, were you looking at this going in here? This is, what's going on here? Absolutely. So it was hilarious, really, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, God, it's funny looking back, right? Yeah. 
but we, for the grace of God. Well, you, I'll never forget, Wooly, we were going, uh, we, were play, we were playing Galway that day in the Hyde, and I was so, I got the operation on my shoulder the, the year before <coughs> we were playing the boys in Salt Hill, and I was coming on with about 15, 20 minutes to go, and we got, uh, we got we, we, I was running onto the pitch towards the town end, and there was a good crowd in behind the terrace, you know, on the town end in High Park, and I was running on, and next thing I heard this lad, he was giving it loads, you know, and he was wearing a golf jersey. I said, like, Jeez, this is going to be great when they get up here. There's a good crowd behind it. And he was roaring and roaring and roaring. Next thing you got him behind, he's roared out, Ronnie O'Sullivan! He goes, <laughs> <laughs> I actually walked behind the umpire and said, Shut your mouth, he was a snooker player. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Cake, Cake, you're one of the older lads on the team. Like, I mean, you're one of the leaders. What are you thinking when this is kicking off? Like, I mean, are you, are you, how are you trying to do a PR job on this whole thing? Like, the funny thing about it, I was in the matter hospital after an accident, after, after a back operation, and every nurse in the matter was coming into me with the paper. Do you know about that? Do you know about that? I said, I do, yeah, but that's not, you know, I, to, be, to be honest with you, it's funny looking back, but. It had very serious consequences for, for and I frankly you know it has been very, very, very uh, open about it, but the private lives of players and the private life, and the other side of it is, and we all have a laugh, the private lives of players and the private lives of, of, of and everyone is now in the, in the, in a social media context out in the open, right? And there's families behind the stories and the things like that. And it was a mountain out of a molehill. Now, we all know what went on in the last couple of weeks in Dublin with rugby players and things like that. And not, not, to, not, not to run over or anything like that or dishwash it. But, you know, what happened to the lads was wrong, you know. And, you know, sometimes the circling of the wagons does happen. Had that been a Dublin player or had it been a Galway player or a Kerry player at the time, it wouldn't have got out because the powers that be would have locked it down. But because you're a small county, and we see this, you know, you can widen out the, the conversation. We see this in, in monetary terms as well about small counties not getting money and, they pick on the small countries and they pick on the small players, you know, and uh, unfortunately, you know, the bottom, the bottom line for that is the team ended up being disbanded and a lot of negative publicity. And, and it was very negative. It was. Yeah, well, it wasn't, uh, when negative John Tobin walked away after that year, yeah. uh, the panel was disbanded, a yeah. code of ethics came in, uh, and then, then the, the ultimate insult is Tommy Carr came in yeah. to the manager. This <laughs> <laughs> one came after Tommy Carr. <laughs> no, but Tommy was an Tommy's an army man, so yeah, right? So yeah. like I mean they know exactly what they were doing to point in Tommy, right? Well look at I mean it, it wasn't an easy thing to pick up, to be honest, because of all the you know the negative there was negative energy and there's no energy, you know, everything was, was down. I mean you're you're going from a team that's competing almost at all out of quarter final level to a team that's getting knocked out of the championship in 2002 when morale is very low and support is low and, you know, fingers have been pointed left, right and centre at everybody, management, county board, players, so on and so forth. So, you know, it, it, Tommy came in and, and look at history as, I think, you know, we'll be kind to him with the job he done. We got to two Ireland quarterfinals. We were beaten by Kerry, I think, by a goal in, a goal in 2003. We were beaten by Dublin by a goal in 2004. Probably should have won, won that game in Crow Park. Um, and then 2005, it unraveled again. And <laughs> next thing, another army man comes in. So, you know, <laughs> but th th these things happen, and, and, and that's life. Um, but the wider point is that, you know, we have to be very careful, even nowadays, about players as well, that the, we protect the privacy. 
And you see a lot of players getting abuse. You know, whether Roscommon players lose Sunday, you know, fella misses a point or whatever it might be, a Galway player might miss a goal or goalkeeper lets a ball in like happens to, to Rob Hennessy down again, you know, again and again Roscommon the last day. I think it's gone way, way over the top. Yeah. The critique, you know, and yeah. um, we have to be very mindful and careful of that. I think that's that's an important thing, Ja, in that the social media age now that Frankie and Nigel were just unlucky back then. But the way it is now, any sort of a slip up, you know, teams aren't really going out after matches as much anymore. Maybe are they being a little bit guarded? I know the Galway team didn't even go out in London this year, which always would have been a piss up for you lads when you went over there. Like, do you know, are, are they just all being guarded now? Yeah, social media is very hard, as you see yourself, the comments. It's not the players themselves, the players will deal with all the comments. It's their nans and their parents picking up and their relations reading these comments on on Facebook or wherever it is on the you know the social media sites. So that, that's the most disappointing thing, because that eats them up, because they, they put their young head up on the pedestal and they absolutely respect them and they do everything they can for them, and then they're reading this, and it's very hurtful for them. Do you know what I mean? And they're giving their time and they're enjoying it, and you know, they're not getting paid. You know, to be honest, you look back at lads, we were getting mileage, we were getting pence, mm. they were getting cents. And there's a lot of difference. And the yeah. price of diesel and fuel has gone up, so they're getting nothing out of it as such. But enjoyment, and we all get enjoyment. So. Some Dublin players are getting six grand in appearance, I was reading during the week. Did you read that? <laughs> yeah, well, know. again, I don't think that's fair either, Wally, because, you know, down through the years, we've all probably met, a, you know, got a few quid out of bit, an appearance money and things like that. You those kick out tees, didn't you? Yeah, you well, that's, that's <laughs> <a different> <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, one. I, I, I opened the bar, the sort of a pool bar. <laughs> <laughs> the year after that happened. You did not, yeah, did you? I did, yeah. How did it go? <laughs> yeah, it went great. <laughs> <laughs> Tourist attraction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come here, before I let you off the stage, lads, I have to ask you about Anthony Cunningham. He's a Galway man, obviously, Ja. Hmm. Um, more known in, in Galway for his <coughs> hurling management, has obviously got a lot of football experience. Started off his management career with St. Bridges lads, um, yeah, Frankie. What's, what's his secret? Um, well, I, I don't think there's any secret into it. He's, he, he's a good record he, in hurling and he's football. A, he's an he? unbelievable record down through the years, and I don't think he gets half the recognition he should get because yeah. he's going from both codes. Yeah. You know, and I, I think one thing that he brings to it, he brings that little bit of bite, you know, that bit of physicality. He loves his team being fit, being aggressive, being in your face. And I think you can really see that in this Roscommon team. I think, I think he is a really tight-knit group there now. And they're really bought into what he's, what he's preaching. And I think to have that belief back that they mightn't have had for a while. And Does he it, give big passionate speeches and all that kind uh, of thing? He wouldn't or? really, no, to be honest. No, he wouldn't give... No, but he's a player's man. To me, right. he's a real player's man. And if you ask you to do something, you do it. You know, and I think they're in, if they can bring that level of everything that brought to me oh and tighten up maybe in the full back line tighten up an Ian Burke getting the breaking ball around the middle of the field and getting getting enough ball around the middle to get into the likes of uh, Connor, uh, Cox and Marta yeah. and the Smith whoever else you have Donny Smith Connor Devaney whoever will be coming in and out I think we have a good chance but that, that middle area is going to be crucial for us on Sunday yeah no it definitely will we're going to talk about the match in part two I'm just wondering Cake about Cunningham do you have any kind of insight into what like I, I talk to people and that he's managed, and they're like, yeah, he's all right. And there's, there's never glowing reports, I'm not going to lie. And that's, that's, he's been in with Leash, he's been in with Galway, he's been in with loads of different teams that you'd be talking to lads. And it's not like you hear of a Jim McGuinness, you know what I mean? Players rave about the likes of managers like Jim McGuinness and all, he's nowhere near that level, but still he does really well with every team he's with. 
Yeah, I look at it, and as Frankie, Frankie touched on it there, you know, he's a player's man, you know, he, he enjoys the crack, um, you know, and, and that's probably his, his biggest attribute, you know, and, and maybe bringing bring, bring players together. And there's been a big turnover of players this year. Huge turnover, last, yeah. Huge turnover of players from this year to last year. And, and uh, obviously Conor Cox coming in has been a huge, huge um, fill, fill up to the county, particularly with, with Kieran Murtha been out. And um, it's very, you know, I think that's another thing that we probably need to look at and have spoke about in the past is there's an awful lot of players with heritage around every county that we need to just start target them and, and see can we get them playing for the counties, particularly the smaller counties. Uh, and Cox has been a, an, an unbelievable find to us. And the game we're playing, I suppose, you know, Kevin, when he was manager, uh, played a very open, expansive game that probably didn't look after the defensive side of it. And maybe had he stayed another couple of years, that that defensive side would be got right. But Anthony's come in, and obviously it's it's now it's not almost a blanket defence. But having having Cox up there as 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 a, as a pillar and a guy you can kick the ball to, know that it's going to stick up there. Um, you could see against Mio that he caused all all sorts of trouble, and and uh, that's something I suppose you know that there's Scamandine who obviously put a lot of work into this year is is working on defence, working on getting the players back, working on tackling, work great and. And been able to take players on and off then, and the three dailies coming back has been has been a been a plus. Cox coming in, um, I think if we're looking at the game on on in in real reality against Mayo, we coughed up an awful lot of ball out around the middle third of the pitch. Our kickouts were were running at less than fifty percent. If we do that in Galway, it'll be difficult to win the match. But I think if we can sort that out, um, we we'll have a good chance, and and that'll be down to Anthony and his team to see can we can we get an advantage there and. Tactically, that's probably where the game is going to be won. And can we come up with the right formula to keep Galway quiet? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jav, what do you think about Cunningham? What's he? How is he rated in Galway? Like, are you? I've only met him once, to be honest, and I never crossed paths with him in football. But look from the outside in, he seems to be a very passionate man, and he leads like he's a throwback to the old managers, where you flicking chest out and you go out and you the challenge is there and you, you stand up to it. And, he doesn't seem to be like the modern managers, which I think a lot of players are are mad into stats and graphs and everything. You know, it's a, you know when you go out in the middle of a match, you know if the game is going against you, guy has to stand up. You know, there's one thing graphs and these, you know, stats don't measure. They don't measure temperament. Yeah. And has anyone ever played in a game of football? You do an awful lot more wrong than you do right. It's always about turning around the next ball and getting that and been there, getting in at halftime. You often see teams have three or four points of halftime. It's gone out. There's no middle of halftime. You go in the next ball to turn around. And that type of, and he's a manager that'll back a player and instills confidence and say, I know you can do it, rather than saying, oh, stats, he's lost three balls, curly finger. You know what I mean? And you have to instill that confidence, especially a smaller county like Roscommon, who probably wouldn't have the panel that Galway have on Sunday. But you can be certain sure there would be very little in this game. You can see the Rossies, they're really up for it. They're motivated and they want to challenge and prove it. And they're going to be underdogs again next Sunday. And they'll put go with the pinner collar. You know, probably I think we said we might have a little bit more quality, but going even back to 2001, you're on about that. If someone gets the upper hand of the team, the crowd get behind them. It's very hard to change that, you know. Yeah. And no stat, no graph, no tackling count will ever change any of that. But the man himself is only upstairs. Yeah, see it's the crowd. See how important you are on Sunday? <laughs> Get behind them. Right, give it up for panel number one. Jaff Allen, Frankie Dolan, and Shane Curran.
is the little dink fist pass from a crowded area into that D we're at home where Bernard I've talked to Bernard about Bernard's very patient but this little dink ball you know the one in a crowded area where it's a fist pass the weight is taken over hits the ground and it bounces into a fella's chest and there's consternation then in around the D and in around that area watch for this in the semis and the final do you know the one I'm talking about that little fisted ball that's just bound in a, in a crowded area but it gets to the, the yeah, body you, you have said it three times it's in around it but you're looking at me you're <laughs> looking at me a crowded area is it? you're <laughs> looking at me with such a confused a confused head in you it's like I was talking about you trying to get a point in coppers or something there in a crowded area yeah watch for it Welcome back to the GE Hour. Yeah. All right, we're ready for panel two. Give it up for Sean Armstrong, Shawnee McDermott, and Mark O'Shea. Yeah. So I had to put Mark in between the two of you lads because I had a feeling I had a feeling there might have been maybe a little bit of history between the two of you. And I text uh, Sean the other day and I went. Uh, you would have marked Shawnee a good bit, wouldn't you? And uh, he says, yeah. He says, yeah, well, think of a good bit. Of, think of some stuff on him. Oh, I fucking think about it all right. <laughs> <laughs> so did, did you always pair off against each other? Or was it was you to, marked Dominican a bit to, as well, to wasn't To be it? honest, not really. I don't think we... No, Shawnee would have always been on the better corner for us. Me and was your man, yeah, was he? Yeah, I actually... Anytime we'd go, I kind of always picked up Michael, you know, in the early years. And... Uh, then as, as it went on, I think in the last couple of years, I was, I was marking, I think it was um, Young Daily Lad in, in 2017. And it was actually on Shane Walsh then for the second half. That wasn't too easy now. But, <laughs> no. uh, I think I actually, I would have marked Sean a couple of times, probably FPD League and that kind of stuff. He'd been carried a bit of timber. It was easier to mark. You know? <laughs> Early in the season. Yeah, and would, it, would there be a bit of trash talking going on between the two of you or would it be kind of very, no, you know? No, I think myself and Sean, always got on. Well enough, I was always happy to see him on the other corner, to be quite honest with yeah. you, because he would have been a disaster to mark. I right. always like to play out for I was a very fair and honest cornerback. You know. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, <laughs> sometimes you wonder cornerbacks get, you know, <laughs> reputations of being tigerish or maybe kind of mouthpieces. And I had you flagged on this until I saw this video and realised that you were actually really a big softy. <laughs> Andy Warren, obviously a friend of yours from college there. Yeah, we're, look, we grew up and went to school together and grew up together. But uh, actually, a lot of people get it mixed up. A lot of people think that me and Andy are first cousins, but we're not. We share the same first cousin. Right. No, so we're not cousins at all. But, How uh, do you share them? A day on, a day <laughs> off? Outside. <laughs> yeah. What, what about you, Mark? Sure, like I mean, you were in the in the kind of cut and trust of the fullback line for a long time. I was, yeah. Who who would have been your kind of? Uh... Ooh, take your pick. Um, and you know what? When you're playing in Crow Park, I was listening to Shawnee there, and he said, uh, particularly towards the end of your career, and you're saying, I was marking that young daily lad. He said, and that's the way it was towards the end of my career. I was marking young Ganey one night in training, and I asked him, "What age are you?" And he says, "18." And I says, oh, my God, I'm 18 years older than you. It's time to go. So, like, you know, you just get a kind of a sense of it. But, like, you know, down through the years, you'd be marking players. And, you know, you talk about, like, tough opponents. You know, Michael Mean was a fellow I came across in 2008. Marked him in 2004 in the Ireland Club final the first time. He cleaned you in the rain in 08, I remember, didn't he? <laughs> uh, yeah, he cleaned a lot of us that day because I was taking off him after he got two <laughs> points. And thankfully he got a goal and two off Tom Sullivan. But, so at least I could say I, I kept him to two points. But no, he was a man on fire that day. And uh, he was just an exceptional player. And the thing about Michael Meehan was that whenever he got the ball and he just got and he'd take you on, 
and he if he didn't beat you one way he was going to go another way and uh, he was a class act and unfortunately just got dogged with injuries but uh, one of the toughest that I've ever come across without yeah. a doubt. Now remember we're in Roscommon here now not, not I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're the man who brought up Michael Meehan. <laughs> There's one thing I want to I want to talk to the three of you we're going to talk about the game in this section but I want to talk about the ins and outs of the full back line because for me, you started the attacking cornerback phenomenon, right? You pretty much started it. And I don't think you, you didn't start, you only started it because you loved being on the ball. You were a wing back playing in cornerback and you were bored in there, right? I think cornerbacks now, Shawnee, are taken off with no intentions of getting the ball just to drag like yeah. Sean Armstrong up the field. Up the field so he's not inside. Yeah. Is that what's happening? Is that talked about? Or is that just it is and it isn't. I think it's just the game has evolved really. Like it's kind of a lot more athletic now, you know. Um yeah, look, I know even myself I'd like to get forward a lot when I was playing in the corner, but a lot of reasons maybe to keep the corner forward busy. You don't want to be yeah. inside having him inside the fourteen because you know if the ball comes in you're in trouble. And one thing for sure, if you're caught one on one inside, you definitely want to go running to make sure he gets out of there. Do you know? Because yeah, yeah. I think even as a cornerback you know, my time playing was coming in the full back line. You know, the full back line is kind of a position where you're hoping you're going to break 50-50 midfield or more because you don't have as much to do. Do you know? Whereas if you're under pressure in midfield, you know you're going to have a busy day in the full back line. Yeah, do you yeah. know? So you're kind of hoping, I hope to break 50-50, maybe more, my day will be easier, you know? Yeah, no, that's, and Sean, like, I mean, from yourself playing inside, because Galway get a lot of bad press about, oh, they're only leaving one up. They're, like, from me watching Galway, they try to leave three up. But it's not always possible because you're chasing somebody down. You yeah. know, often chasing the way these, the game has gone, everyone's attacking, everyone's defending. It's very hard to keep a shape. It is very hard to keep a shape. And I suppose uh, you see now what they're kind of adapting for is a kind of dumbest style of this kind of counter-attack in football. And go, I know our training last year in particular, we were trying to keep four up. And at training, we'd, Ian Burke would be roared to keep four up because Ian Burke likes the link man in the half-forward line. He needs the link line, man, He needs yeah. the link man because that's when he's on fire getting those 30-yard yeah. passes in spaces because that's when he's lethal. And you had Comer in then as another option. You could float in high and you had Shaney Walter in the 50 as well. And we have deadly forwards in Galway. But as you're saying there to Shawnee and Mark, the way the game has gone now, you're counterattacking and you're bombing. And you try it as much as you possibly can, maybe to leave two up there. Because if you do have a break, you've hit a target man up front. Yeah. But if, if you have to track the likes of Mark and track the likes of Shawnee, and you don't track them, He's you're going to get an earful. <laughs> you're going to get an earful But that's the, the thing. The but this is the thing. And we, we talk about this on the show all the time. Why don't they cheat, right? And don't follow every time and gas yeah. yourself out. That's what they want. There's enough bodies there to pick them up, Mark. What yeah. do you think? Like, I mean, why, like, why don't we see any counties with the corner forward just going, Let, I'm letting them on. Being cute, like, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In Kerry in 2000 and, what was it, 15, when Dublin beat us in the All-Ireland, um, you know, the management came in for a lot of flack after the game because Philly McMahon was coming down the field and Gooch mm -hmm. was marking him and... Um, actually, I think Dunica Walsh was told, you know, as, as much as you can, pick him up, you know. And, and I think that's the way the modern game has gone. We were actually never told back in the day when I was playing. Uh, I started off in 0-1. But when I started off, you know, I just wanted to express myself as a player and, and, and just be, get on the ball because I felt kind of trapped inside there. And, <laughs> you know, I just wanted to get out the field and bring, my, bring him on a run as well, obviously, but just get up the field. And, you know, I felt I, was, I had as much to, to show as the wing backer, as the, the midfielder. And, 
you know, but the other side of it is then is, you know, it's grand to get up the field, but your primary duty is to defend. Okay. And you have to be able to mark your man. And so, you know, if, 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 we, if I went up the field and kicked a point, great stuff. But at the end of the day, if the ball is kicked in and my man gets a goal, that point is no good shot. So, like, it's fine to be able to get up the field, your primary duty. And I think it's something that's kind of going out of the game. And I think, you know, in the last, you can say, seven or eight years, we're, we're looking at sweepers and all of this. I think the, 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 the art, there's an art in defending, and it's going, it's going out of the game, be it blocking a ball, be it taking a man on one for one, being able to stop him up, dispossess him, there's an art in that, and I think, unfortunately, it's, it's creeping out of our game. Yeah, maybe it is with the zonal players and everything like that, but I suppose, like, I mean, well, that is, that is a good point, like, back, this gas, when you think about it, back before these defensive systems came in, you'd swear every game was 5.20 to 5.20, like. Yeah. So there was still yeah. low-scoring games. It's just back then, the wing-back, if his man wasn't on the ball, he would drop back and help out. There was always lads helping out. Yeah. You just didn't have to have lads back in zones helping out. It's very true, yeah. I suppose, like, back, yeah, what was happening then times was you, you were kind of what they call, like, near-side defending. Yeah. You know, if the ball is on the, the right-hand side of the field, your left half back drop in, like, you know, and your half order come back to help out. Yeah. And... As Mark alluded to there, like the, the, their defenders probably dying out of it because there's so many bodies back. Actually, in the kind of final last year in in Hyde Park, I couldn't, I couldn't, um, you know, couldn't believe what I was seeing. That Galway were, I think, Jim Murtha kicking a couple of points early in the first half, and actually no one picked him up. He got, he actually got free in between two lines of Galway players yeah. where they all thought, oh, he's okay there. Right. We don't need to be that tight. He, he's not going to whip it. And he whipped it over, do you know? Yeah. Whereas, obviously, like Sajirman, there's a lot more close attention, you know? Yeah. But that, that kind of can happen, I think, when you're having swarm defences. Lads are kind of leaving the job to someone else. Lads are unsure of what they should be doing. And, I, you know, it's fine, I think, at a certain point of the championship. But as it goes on and the championship evolves and you move on to the higher games, that kind of, this kind of blanket defence goes out, really. But, but I actually think the game, like, you know, before, like, if you were marking a Michael Meehan or a Shawnee Armstrong, whoever... You know, you go to the, their most dangerous player. The way the game has gone now, you know, it's not one player marking that player. It's like, let's keep this fella quiet yes. and let's go to the nearest point of danger. And you know what? If, if this guy over here kicks five points, which we know he's not going to kick, then, you know what, good luck to them if they win the match. But it's, it's gone to, so, like, these one-on-one -on -one battles, they're no longer, like, when Ja Fallon was playing or... or but you mentioned Jeff Fallon. I remember that all early in the 98. Michael Donlan spent most of the first half camping in front of the Kildare full, back, full forward line That's and then breaking up the field. Up so fast. No, but wing forwards always drop back and defended. Like, there's yeah. this idea that was always the case. But the zonal thing was the new thing, Sean. And like, you, you were zonal for a while. I'm not was, sure if you're moving away from that a little bit now. I think, yeah, I, I do remember when I first went back into the panel with Kevin, we did our preseason on a basketball court. And our preseason was on arc defending and marking spaces and how to cut off the zones and how to get into good body positions and the whole lot. And it was excellent training for your footwork and the whole lot. And it does work. But as Sean alluded to there, I remember that first half down in Hyde Park last yeah. year. They were kicking points for fun, but we came back so deep. And at time, Kevin was roaring us, he have to push out, make the arc, he was talking about, make it deeper. But I think what's affecting the football and why it's not as pretty on the eye as it used to be is it's a real slow, methodical build-up now. And it's yeah. all about possession, 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 possession. Yeah. You're scared to give the ball away because I know at training, if you give the ball away once, twice, you're getting an earful and you're thinking, in a match, I'm going to get taken off here because I've given away the possession twice. So what, minding the ball, minding the ball and picking the right pass. Like. Yeah, so that's, there's no express yourself. There's no there's express no, yourself. You're yeah. afraid to give it away. Like, yeah, you know? yeah, the stats will come out. The great thing about Roscommon's style of play this year is that, <laughs> well, maybe against Mayo, they were lucky in that Mayo 
play that kind of man-for-man game and they caught Craig out in front of the two lads inside. And I thought your man Lennon played really well in the first half. I don't know how he... Like I thought he was unlucky to get taken Andy, off and they wanted, yeah, to, right. yeah, they wanted know, to get Murta on probably. It probably was... Probably a, more, a, of, more of the second than the first. Yeah, I'd say it was probably a pre-planned move. Like, but you Craig, know? Craig was able to play that link, man. So they had a kick and... They were able to turn it over and they had a kicking game. Kicking which game. You do, and they were getting it down really quick, getting a shot off. Yeah, you know, which was fantastic to watch. It was great to watch. Like I think Mayo obviously had a high press. Their half-back limb was up, everyone was up. And for Scott create that kick pass away, which they did, they were in. They had space. I say Conor Cox couldn't believe the space he got. Yeah. Do you know? And like even, even going back to it, like, I mean, a lot of people obviously, you know, Brendan Harrison is, was probably in for a lot of criticism after the game, but I know if I was Brendan Harrison, I'd be bowling with my hat back nothing, yeah. you, you know? If, you get, if your man gets good ball, you can do nothing. man gets good balls. I often said it before. If, if, if you're American Mickey Mouse and Mickey Mouse getting enough good ball, you're going to be in trouble. Like <laughs> yeah. At some stage, you're going to be in trouble. Especially at that level. You know, there's yeah. no doubt about it. No, well, that's it, Mark. Like, I mean, you are a lamb to the slaughter. And then, you, you see, then you're doing the analysis and you're like, were Mayo stupid to do that? And then Mayo have a philosophy and there's nothing wrong with that, you know? And to be fair... I don't think they were stupid. I think they played to win the game themselves. And the risk of leaving that open was to get more scores the other end. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's hard to be harsh. Out. We're watching the Sunday game and the analysts are on and they're giving out about teams that are playing mass defences. You have to but, but admire the teams that are going for it. You know? And I totally agree with Shawnee. I mean, I, I used to remember back in training, Mark and the Gooch, and if the good fellas, like the, the good kickers on the ball, out the field if Declan O'Sullivan got the ball if Dara got the ball you'd have to get that bit tighter to the gooch because you knew there was a good ball being put in and you know again I totally agree particularly in Croke Park if you're being beaten in Croke Park it is like lambs to the slaughter because a good days if you're being well beaten two or three points you know and like it, that's the way it is it's, it's just the open spaces it is so hard to defend and, and in, in the way the modern game has gone and you mentioned about half hours dropping. What you'll have then is you'll have a half hour dropping, but you'll have the corner forward coming into the, the half hour line. So you just play with two full forwards. And, you know, it's the space inside is, and they're, and they're not making runs out the field, they're making lateral runs, which means when they win the ball, they're halfway turned to kick the ball over the bar, which yeah. makes it twice as hard to, to man mark. Well, that, that's the thing. And that's the thing, Sean, about having Craig there. And that's why Ian Burke wants that man on the 40, because you yeah. know playing corner forward, you play in the two-man full forward line, you don't want to make that run outside where you can turn and score. Yes. You need someone else to do that work for you and then give you a ball closer to but goal. It's extremely one-dimensional. You're either going to get a hoof of long ball or it's going to be a patient build-up whereas you're no longer an option. Yeah. And you're trying to get on the loop then. But if you have an anchor man there on the 50 and if he gets the ball as Mark is saying then you can go left you can go right you can switch the lab beside you and you're getting the ball in a dangerous area rather than getting a 50 yard pass as you run out to the wing with your back to the goal hoping for someone to come off your shoulder yeah. and that is a full forward you're not expressing yourself like you're just I, yeah. an old number nine in soccer you're just holding up the ball for the next well, that's the thing and you're just coming in loop but I find it gas that you said you're trying to leave four up because I knew you were trying to do that like I mean and is this why Kevin Walsh gets the hump when he like yeah. the knives are out for Galway but like I do find with game plan you have is that when you're defending deep maybe you're sucking their backs up which is messing up your four a little bit as well then yeah, right I like I know Kevin has built when he first came in and he took over from Alan Maholland like Galway were getting absolutely annihilated. Like they were getting annihilated. And I suppose if you want to build a house, you have to have a good, good foundation. And what Kevin did was he built a defence. And Kevin would tell you himself that he much rather is coaching than managing. Like Kevin just wants to be defensive coach and he's excellent at it. Like, and I know people talking to people that has played against us. We're a horrible team to play against. But you kind of take a compliment from that in the defensive yeah. system. But he is trying to get the balance right. And I know that for a fact. And I think he... He does take things a little bit personal time to time. Because he does. He, 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 he doesn't like he, it, right? He he's like spiky. It. But he, he is really trying to 
play the attractive football that Galway have been renowned for and have a tradition to do. But like that, it's just so hard to keep your four men up if you have lads just bombing into your half. Like you have to attract them, you have to block yeah. up the space. Yeah. Otherwise, they're going to kick scores for fun. Yeah. Like. That's it's, the thing. Yeah. It's hard to know. You know it's, what I mean? About, I think it's about a balance, really. Like if you, even if you watch Dublin, Dublin's full back line is never isolated. I don't care what anyone says. They're never isolated. Like it mightn't be always Keane or Sullivan, but there's someone there. Mm. Yeah. There's someone there helping out, waiting for that deflection to gather the ball to bring it away. You know. So it's it's nearly like I, I don't know how how they do it. Whether it's it's on this wheel or what they do, but someone is always there helping out. It's not that they're camp back. They're pressing. There's someone obviously coming in then to sweep and help their full back line. You know, but. It's 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 really about you know it's really about being able to go man to man and know that you also have help there like yeah you know? what, what what do you make of Ross Common this year like there's been a huge turnover obviously with a few retirements and and, yeah. and whatever but there's a lot of players have gone out what was the stat before the last game against Mayo is like there's only four players I think that four started. Stars, yeah that's, that's incredible that's like. incredible yeah like. That's true, but there's a lot of the lads there now there's that are a, playing for us. Nearly all the bench came had, on. That came on, and yeah. the lads that had been there that maybe weren't getting in last year. The dailies are all back. You know, they bring a lot of physicality to the Roscommon back line. Um, Connor Hosey now has really stepped up this year. Well, Connor was showing great signs of that last year that he was going to make a number five or number six, right. like, which he has done, you know. Um, I'm very impressed with him. I think that. Has he you gone know, out for big men especially? I don't think he has. Like, I don't think he's really gone out for big men because look, at it, if, if Kier Murtha was around this year, Kier Murtha would be in the team. Kier Murtha's not that big a man. Kier Murtha's a phenomenal centre forward. He's probably in the top four or five centre forwards in the country in my eyes. You know, he's a real... He, if you were the Gucci side, you'd want the likes of Kier Murtha getting on the ball to yeah. feed you, you. know. So I don't know if it's that he's really going for a big team. I see Conor Devaney's back in the team again for the for the Conor final. Conor's not that big a man, but he's a ferocious work, work ethic, you know. And I think that's what uh, Anthony brings to the Roscommon team. He brings a work ethic and he, what he expects from them all, you know. Whether you're a corner forward, you're where number 15 or number two, you have to work to a standard, you know. Yeah. And I think last year for us with Roscommon, I think we were very open. I think we were a bit naive. We were playing a real kind of Barcelona-style football kick 4-22 but maybe concede 5-25 yeah. you know which you know realistically it's not you know it's Look, not I saw you against Armand it was one of the best games I saw it was just across the road and I watched it and I just, just, this is just absolutely fantastic it, it stuff was, you know it was like, but Armand would have played a similar style similar so, style yeah. and I, I kind of knew going into the Super 8 saying that you know we could be in for it here because you know realistically when you're going into a kind of final or you're going up to play the Super 8 your main focus and this doesn't mean that you have to camp in your own 45 but your main focus has to be we are going to be in this game at halftime by hook or by crook. No matter what happens, when we come out the second half, Roscommon are in this game, with 10 minutes to go, we're in this game, we're giving ourselves a fighting chance. And that's what they did when they went to Castle Bear. It wasn't that Mio played mad poorly. Mio had 17 wives. You know, Mio could have drawn the game yeah, and yeah. got and kicked the, the free, you know. Yeah. But it's all about, for Roscommon, stay in the game. We know we have good forwards. Stay in the game, stay working, and let's see where the last 10 minutes bring us. Yeah. It, it seemed to me, like, I don't know whether it's fair or not. Like, I mean, and obviously the perception now of Anthony Cunning is he worked a lot on strength and conditioning and he has them going. Like, I'd be surprised Kevin McStay didn't work on strength and conditioning, but you didn't look to be at the level of strength and conditioning of yeah, Tyrone. Or maybe I, I, it's just I, when I, they're winning well, it looked like that. It looks like that. I think, I think that's, personally, I think the Roscommon team do look uh, uh, well-conditioned. But I, I think it's it all depends on how you're going. If, would they be talking about that if Roscommon got beaten last Saturday night or yeah. Saturday week, whatever? I don't know what they've been talking about in the condition then. You know, it's just that they won. They're obviously in great uh, condi- uh, condition. Um, there has been a lot of work put into it. The lads that are there now, like, you know, it's, 
it's coming over numerous years and obviously it's coming to the fore now this year, you know. Yeah, you did. You looked like you didn't miss too many arm days anyways. <laughs> under, under, it's, under the, it's the scissors, it's very heavy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Where are Galway at then, Sean? Like, I mean, when you look at it, they're riddled with injuries. Like, yeah. this is not Galway's best team. This no. is why I think they're very, or, or Roscommon are a bit of a crazy price at five to two considering, I think both teams are full strength. I'm sorry, I think Galway win it, but this is nowhere near Galloway's best team, really, is it? No, they're missing quite a few, and I know there's a few lads come back from injury, but they've missed. I think Declan Kine has missed. He got injured in the FPD game. He's only coming back. Yeah. Paul Conroy with the leg break has only come back. Comer has a train sweet F all all season. Cook is only back. Cook Duggan is, only is out. Back. Duggan's out. Like, they're missing a good few stalwarts there. Like, when yeah. I saw the team there today, when I saw the team, and I have to be careful, obviously, because I know a good few of the lads in there, like, but I saw the team, I was quite worried for them, to be quite honest with you. Right. And then... It got me unfortunately thinking that they're going to go defensive. Like I can see this being a real kind of defensive class again by Galway and just try and keep the score down and hopefully beat Roscommon on the counter because I think Kevin knows himself he doesn't have his full deck of cards there. So what Kevin do is he'll do what he knows best and that's shut up shop and try and beat them on the counter. So I, I don't think it's going to be a pretty spectacle unfortunately. Won't be a tender, bound, no. bound to be a big wind in Salt Hill as yeah, well to ruin it. How do, you, how do you see it going Mark? Um, I suppose, you know, we, we spoke about Anthony Cunningham, what he brings to the Roscommon team. You know, he was a minor, under-21 senior, All-Ireland hurling uh, winning player with, with Galway. Went on, uh, he's, he's well gotten Roscommon with, with uh, the Bridgets winning the All-Ireland club. Um, you know, anything he's done, he's really done it with, with, with heart, with honesty, with everything. I think the Roscommon team have bought into him um, you know they they seem to be playing with a bit of a, a steel this year about them. If you if you read any interviews during the week or anything, you know the, the big thing that I notice is that uh, every Roscommon player that has been interviewed, you know, they're disappointed with their performance against Mayo, which for me like is, is speaks volumes. They they beat Mayo. Uh, they you know you you listen to the lads. I don't know who was interviewed there, but one of the lads said you know Mayo kicked 15, 16 wides. You know it's 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 all focusing on how poorly they played against uh, Mayo. So that tells you where the Ross Common mindset is at. That's where you want to be at if you're playing in a, in a Connacht final. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the one thing about Connacht in recent years, it's become very competitive. Both teams are going for two titles in three years. Um, Galway back-to-back, which, which I think Galway really want to do is back-to-back. And, uh, you, know, I, you know, OK, fair enough, Sean, he's on about the injuries that they have. I don't even look at it that way. I, I agree that they have to play defensive, but I think I was at the Mayo Galway National League game above McHale Park this year, and for, in the first half, Galway were exceptional. God help you. No, they were. I know, yeah, but the 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 way they were moving the ball, like the the way, and that's the big problem I have with the Galway team, and it, perhaps it's because of their defensive structure. But they were transitioning the ball at pace, and that's what you need to do particularly a few forwards. I know Comer is out. I know they're missing a few players. But if you've got the likes of Antonio Lee, you know, Daly, Shane Walsh, you need to get the ball into these fellas fast. If Galway do that, I think they'll win. But look, Ross Common's mindset, you know, the way they did their... Shane mentioned it there in the first half of the programme. 2001 is the last time they've beaten Mayo and Galway to win a Connacht title. I wouldn't be surprised if Ross Common did it on Sunday. Right, OK. <laughs> 
three pints from yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> How do you deal with Shane Walsh um, then, Sean? Do you like, I mean, will Ross Common drop off him and let him back? Because he'll probably drift into midfield maybe at times. Or yeah. do, you, do you have to follow him? Or is following him stupid because he's so fast and he'll get back? You no, know, ahead? I, I had I had the the unfortunate job of marking him in the second half in Salt Hill in 17. And uh, I actually I picked him up maybe after 20 minutes of the first half. Um, he was out around the middle and I was told to follow him. And he's the type of player that drifts in and out of games. Unfortunate for Galway, he drifts in and out of games. I'm not sure whether it's just that he switches off or whatever happens. But Does he stop his runs or how does he drift out of it? Or does I don't he... know what he does. I'm not, I'm not really sure. I think it's kind of, it's just kind of, if the ball isn't near him, it's kind of, if he's not looking to get back involved, right. I don't know. I was quite happy when he did it, yeah. you know. But, uh, but you he, notice, like, he'll come in spurts. He'll come in spurts. He'll come in spurts. And I remember going down the tunnel at halftime in 17, and I said to, to John McManuson and, and Sean Mullooly, I said, if Walsh gets a yard on me, I said, you've got to leave your man. Because he's going to put the ball, he's going to solo, he's going to look to get a shot away. I said, you've got to leave your man, you've got to come to him. And actually in that game, I think John and... Sean Rudy picked up two yellows from coming to him because he, he got, if he gets a yard yeah, even with the ball in hand, he's ridiculously fast. Yeah. And he has a stride. He's quite a, quite a big guy. He's 6'6", one like, you know. Yeah. Um, I think what you do with Shane Watch is you obviously don't follow him out. If he goes past your 45 midfield, you got to wait from him and take him as he comes back because if you go with him, he's got phenomenal pace. That's the thing, yeah. yeah no, absolutely. listen, lads, we'll leave it with predictions here. So you're going to have the cast and vote. I'll make you make the case for Galloway, Sean. Um... <laughs> there, there's an exit just over there's an exit over there I was chatting to, I was chatting actually to Shane uh, Stapleton from AIB there during the week and I don't know what it is maybe it's my heart and maybe I'm just being biased obviously being a pro going man but I can see going winning by three or four points but it's, but, it's but, gas how serious they take predictions, isn't it? You know, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see Conroy getting a bit of game time, and I know Comer's back to a small bit, but I, I don't think they'll chance Damien. But I just think Galway are just that difficult to play against, and I think Galway on the counter, as Mark was saying there against Bayo, if they can transition that ball fast and get that fast ball up, up to the boys, I think they can do a bit of damage up there. But I think it's going to be a tight and interesting game. I don't know if it'll be pretty, but it's definitely going to be a tight, interesting game. But I, I think, just being a Goy man, I'd love to see Goy win it, but I'd love to see him go back to back. So, so quickly, quickly, quickly there. There's a, there's a few Galway lads in there. Just, just quickly then, just, just to, so I'll understand. Say when you, you say you want them to transition quickly, and I see, saw Leash Westmead last week, I see loads of teams, they'll win a ball and a turnover. And there is a kick pass on, but it, if they don't give it there, then that attack's pretty much gone if they go sideways because yeah. the other team's filtering back. Do you talk about that as a panel and as a yeah. team and say, we have to do this? Or then are you, do let's say, well, then what the about the stats? The is you give away the ball. And yeah. You know, and then, but would and you then not take that risk? And, or would Kevin be in these players' meetings? As, or would a you? Forward, as a corner forward, I'd love if they took those risks. I'd love if they had the faith in me to go ride a 50-50 ball. Nine times out of ten, I'd win a free if you kick it into me. Yeah. All right? And the problem then is, right, if you're out of your defensive shape and if you're on the counter-attack and you've got your corner-backs corner going, you've got your half-backs going, everyone's going on the attack now and you're trying to keep maybe man-on-man, -man. if that breaks down, you don't have your defensive system set up. Yeah. That's when you're at your most vulnerable. I think that's what's in the psyche of players. If I give this ball away, are we set up at the back? They're thinking too many. Is that in the psyche of the players cuff. or the manager's directions? 
Do you know what I mean? Cause I think it's just the way the modern game has gone, and probably that obviously stems from the managers, yeah. Yeah, because you know? yeah. I would imagine if I was on the Galway team, I would say, right, well, our forwards would be their forwards, so we should be able to go into that kind of, you know, yeah. depending, maybe not against Kerry, for example, but yeah. a lot of teams you would be. But what do you think, um, Shawnee? I think um, if our Scotland are going to win on Sunday, I think they're going to have to win a lot more of the breaking ball in the middle of the third. I think, you know, they only won 42% of the ball in the Mayo game, it just shows how, you know, economical they were with the possession yeah. they had. They had 26 shots from 30 attacks, 20, yeah. which isn't bad going. That's very good going. But what I'm saying is, can you imagine for Scott McCoy at least 50% of that breaking ball, yeah. maybe more? Then I think they can win the game. I think if Roscommon can improve on that aspect, and I agree with Mark, the Roscommon players will be very critical of themselves after the Mio game. I know from talking to Carl, my own club mate, that they would have been, you know, critical of their of, of aspects of the game, and that was one big one where they wouldn't have been happy, you know. So if they can get that right, get more, get their hands on more ball on the middle third, I think they're well capable of winning the game. Um, it's going to be very tight. I think Roscommon are going to have to be very patient as well. But I think we're coming to win it by three, four points. Brilliant stuff. <laughs> One all, Mark. You're banned from calling a draw now, by the way. Yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> I won't call a draw. Um, I, I, I genuinely believe that if Galway can play the way they can play, and, and you know, I, I, like we're talking about, and it's interesting to hear Shawnee's points about, you know, afraid to make mistakes. And I think that's a big, big issue. You know, you can't be afraid to make mistakes. That's the case on every team in the country. Yeah, but okay, if if, if you're playing, right, and there's six forwards up there and there's eight backs, granted, you don't kick the ball. You know, you you don't because the probabilities are the ball is going to come back out. But if you're playing on a counter-attack and if there's a a kick on, you have to trust yourself no matter where you play. And that comes down to ball skills. That comes down to, you know, I'm seeing it day in, day out, footballers playing the game. And the first thing they want to do, particularly backs, they want to pass the ball away because they don't have the skill set to execute a proper pass. And, you know, that that comes down to the 15 players, the 24 players, the 26. Each player has to be as skillful as the next, no matter where you play. And I I, I think that's a big part of the game. But getting back to the game on, on Sunday, I think that, you know, Galway have to trust themselves. They have to, you know, they have the skill set. We're talking about Shane Walsh. I know he does drift, and I agree with you, he does drift in and out of games. But Galway have to get him on the ball as much as possible on Sunday because he's a match winner, you know, particularly when you're missing the likes of Comer. So if you can get a, a performance out of, out, of, out of Shane Walsh for 17 minutes and, and the, the likes of, get, get the likes of the Antino Lees, you know, all these lads coming in maybe a pint or two, you know, I think then Galway have a great chance. But the other side of it is, and, and you know, I keep going back to Ross Common and their attitude, their, you know, the last 10 minutes of the Mayo game, they were, okay, granted, they, they, you know, you can say Kevin McLaughlin had a chance to draw the game. They were down to 14, wasn't it? That's you right, know, yeah. And, you know, and they, the saw the, they, saw, they saw the game. And I think, you know, Cunningham has come in, you know, and he's added that little bit of steel. And I think if they can have that the next day, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Ross Common winning by a pint. <laughs> So who are you going for? I wouldn't be surprised Ross Common winning by a point. Okay. There you have it. Plays a cute O'Shea, isn't he? That's it. <laughs> Listen, give it up for a second panel. Sean Armstrong, Mark O'Shea, and Shawnee McDermott. When your legs don't work like they used to before, 
I was actually coming home on Saturday morning and I had the podcast on from Newbridge Southern 8 and that that helps the journey to be honest if, if I ran out of Ed Sheeran songs depends on mood I'm in Ed's good for uh, if you're in a sappy mood Ed's good to sing along to you and then if you're in a GA head mood which I am probably most of the week then I turn these boys on Darling I will be loving you Ready for the GAR quiz? So will we get another cheer out of him, or have to cheer it enough? Okay. Well, it is. Well, it is Ross Common against Galway. So listen, you want to give your home team a little bit of support? There, you can. <laughs> okay. So there's three rounds to this quiz. There is the how many All Stars does he have round? What club does he play? For? play for a round and name that team round, right? In the event of a tie break, I'm not sure. I haven't thought that far ahead. So I hope that there's a winner straight out. Right, so team one is Roscommon, team two is Galway. Question one for team one. How many All-Stars does James Horan have? You can confer. Two. Two is the correct answer. Yay! Question one for team two. How many All-Stars does Mickey Linden have? One. You're not even conferring with your captain, you're so sure, Jack. One is the correct answer. One all. Question, question, question two to team one. How many all-stars does Dermot Connolly have? Sure? Yeah, we have to push you for an answer, Rossies. What are you saying? We'll split in the middle. One is saying five, one is saying two, we'll go for three. Oh, two was the correct answer. Who said two? Frankie. All right. Um, <laughs> question two. Who said five? Cake. Okay. <laughs> Question, question yeah, two to team two. How many All-Stars does Bernard Brogan have? Four. Four is the correct answer. Galway two, Roscommon one. Okay, question three to team one. How many All-Stars does Mark O'Shea have? <laughs> <laughs> Not half enough. <laughs> if you were a wing back, you'd have had a lot more, right? No, but come here. Okay, go on. Four. Three. Another one wrong. Okay, question three to team two. How many all stars should Frankie Dolan have? <laughs> Ten. <laughs> oh, it's a very serious question. How many all stars should Frankie Dolan have? Has it, actually. <laughs> Does he have it, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> Am I the, who's the captain? You. Should have three all stars. Should have won All-Star 2003, wasn't it, Frankie? Absolutely robbed. 12 from 12 and 13. That camera pole came back to <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're, what are we? 2-1 to Galway after round one. 
Okay, round two is what club does he play for round? So question one to team one, which is Ross Common. What club does Shane Walsh play for? Kilcurran Clanburn. Kilcurran Clanburn, I didn't know that one. Question one to team two, what club does Connor Cox play for? No, Roscommon Club. Huh? He plays. He doesn't play with a Roscommon Club. Did he not transfer to Roscommon no, Club? No, he plays. He plays with Listol Emmets. Oh, uh, <laughs> <Lestol>. Okay. <laughs> okay. Listol. I thought he plays transferred with to Aero. No, no. Plays with Listol. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm, I'm do we get now. hold on a second? Do we get the mark for that? No. no. Ah, come on, oh. What's no. going on here? No. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sorry, I can only take the answer here, which is that's the wrong, that's <laughs> which is the incorrect one. Look, we'll see what it's like. You're ahead for now, right? Question two to team one. What club does Ni What club does Niall Scully play for? Come on, Kay. Is that noise? Is that better? Uh, <laughs> Temple Oak. Temple Oak, Sing Street, yeah. Two all. What club? Question, question two for team two. What club does Owen Merchant play for? They're tough questions. Oh, it is, yeah. Lads, don't shout the answers or I'll burst you. <laughs> Should we just call it yeah, Nafina? I got to add the burst. Nafina, yeah. Now don't act. Don't act, Don't be messing now. That was that was given away. Okay. Question three to team one. What club does David Clifford play for? They're just waiting for an answer from the audience. It's a time riff. I know it's a junior club beside Clarny, and I can't think of the name. <laughs> Begins with an F. Ah, uh, come on. Fossil. Okay, fair play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Um, question three for team two, which I've just realised is a ridiculous question, so I'm going to have to think of one on the spot. <laughs> what was the question? Just little... it's what did club does Sean O'Shea play for? In your... <laughs> okay, so let me think. Let me think of a of a club, and let me think of a player. What club does Conor McManus play for? Cantibridge. Correct answer. Okay, what's the score, everyone? I level, think I think Galway are one up. Galway are one up, but you've got a great chance to get back you get back in this section. It's a draw with Fossett, so it's a draw. But this A rogue stole one might come back to haunt me. Okay, round three is named that team round. So you're gonna have 20 seconds to name as many players from the following All Ireland winning teams as you can. Right? This is a lot harder than it sounds, right? So team one, you have 20 seconds. The clock will start when I call out the team you have to, you have to name. 
and I'll count them, right? So you have 20 seconds to name as many of the Cork winning All-Ireland team in 2010. Go. O'Neill. Full names. Kinsella. O'Connor. 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 Paddy Kelly. Paddy Kenny? Kelly. 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 Paddy Kelly, yeah. Um, Nicholas Murphy. Shields, Michael Shields. Michael Shields. Uh, O'Connor, the cornerback. No, there was no O'Connor. Time's up. Okay, time's up. I'll give you Graham Canty, even though he didn't start, but he came on as a sub. So you have Canty, you have Shields, you have Aidan Walsh, you have Pierce O'Neill, you have Paddy Kelly, and you have uh, Donica O'Connor. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, six. Okay, six is to beat. So there's so six. Star starting team, yeah? Six in the lead. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So I've given him Canty. So it doesn't have to be the starting team. That's our team. Okay. <laughs> so team two, name that team round. So we want you to name as many of the Donegal team that won the All in 2012. Ah. McHugh, McHugh, Murphy, McLoon, Kavanagh, Tumagees. Um, okay time's up so <laughs> so they got one two three four five they got five <laughs> <laughs> All right, just before we go, we have a little bit of housekeeping. So um, the winner of the 200 euro Paddy Power vouchers, our sponsor, is Mark Gilleran. He had a chance, he did a confessional and he, I asked him to tell his story on stage and he bottled it. So he's not going to tell that. So congratulations to him. And that's us done for the night. So we're going to throw you on the podcast to Damien from Paddy Power and we'll talk to you on Monday's show. So good night to everyone. Damien, how's it going? Not too bad, Colm. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Come here, we've only had one match, obviously, as we've been talking about here in um, Roscommon Town. So what do you have for us in this one? Oh, we'll start with my accumulator anyway, which can't be an accumulator this week. So what's my charity bet this week? Yeah, your charity bet is we're going Galway by one to three points and we're going to enhance that to seven to two from 11 to four. So... Yeah, Galway, Galway to win a tight match is your 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 um your enhanced uh, accum, uh, so not accum one to three points. Yeah, okay, fair enough. And like I mean, you 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 have Galway backed as very very strong favourites in this one, despite their um it, really really long injury list. Yeah, it's it's a kind of a tough one to price because. Galway haven't really shown anything in the championship this year that would say they should be two to five. Yeah, they. They bet Roscommon fairly easily last year. Um, they were down at halftime, but they got well on top in the second half. Um, and with home advantage, uh, the one bet I probably do like in this match is um, under 31.5 points at 5-6. Um, it's in Salt Hill, and if you back under points in every match that's played in Salt Hill, I don't think you're going to lose money. <laughs> so so with that win coming in, and I think it mightn't be a great day at the weekend. So under 31.5, I think it'll be a very tight game. I think you're kind of going along that right lines with that Galway by one to three points. I kind of fancy that myself. 
Um, just if we're from the other side, from a Roscom point of view, we're going to enhance Connor Cox to tens from eights for first goal just to give the rest common people something as well and to carry people maybe so um yeah we're going to enhance connor cox as well out to tens from eight to one first goal so we've got galway by one to three and connor cox ten to one instead of eight to one for first goal score right okay and i suppose they're, they're like i mean the one bet in salt hill is the halftime full time is just a complete lottery would you get a flurry yeah. of, would you get a flurry of bets the minute people are looking at the toss and whichever yeah, way a, yeah, a, a, we, a, the captain we, will we, point we, one way and then a whole lot of bets come in yeah we try to avoid that we try to <laughs> we try to get our markets down before that happens now but definitely anyway uh yeah it's a complete wind tunnel so whichever way whichever way the wind is going at half uh, for the first half that obviously be a short enough price right would um, you get would you get caught with that in say league games where you wouldn't really be on top of it and not really yeah, yeah it, can, it can be difficult all right in league games but obviously with the match is on the telly you kind of have a better idea yeah but yeah league games you can get caught on stuff like that all right okay fair enough anything else in that one damien uh, one more, one just one I'll pick out in the men match market is Liam Silk at sixteen to one. He seems to, he's having a very good year. He's scored scored a lot in their first couple of games, and he'll be driving forward from the half back then. And I think if it was a tight game, which I would expect, I think kind of people getting forward from the half back line, and if he can get a couple of scores at sixteen to one, I think he's a good price for men match. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant stuff, Damien. Thanks very much. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Tom. The GA Hour with Colin Parkinson is brought to you by Paddy Power, home of the Money Back Special. I'm not finished yet, it took me a long time to get here. Both players have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back their county jerseys. But these fellas will get such a f***ing shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f***ing houses for f***ing years. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. As a major research institution, Arizona State University offers the most online bachelor's degree programs, along with world-class faculty and dedicated support. Discover why ASU is ranked number one in innovation for nine consecutive years. Tap to learn more. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com.